Hi there, I'm Diego Villegas, and welcome to the Amplifying Persistence podcast. This podcast serves as a platform for college students to share their stories, navigating through institutions of higher education. Today, however, we have a very special guest on the show. Katia Correal Mansa is a high school senior who will be graduating this year. She is a poet, musician, activist, future first-gen graduate, and so much more. Recently, Katia was awarded the highly selective Posse Scholarship and will be attending Boston University in the fall. Hi, Katia. How are you? Hi, I'm doing good. How about you? I'm good as well. Thanks for asking. Before we start, I just wanted to say congratulations on Boston University. Thank you. <laughs> it's really exciting, and I can't wait to see what you accomplish there. I appreciate that. Thank you. And congratulations on your own successes, being your first year in college. So congrats on that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so to start off, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Maybe where do you go to school? What do you like to do outside of school? Any quarantine activities? Really just anything to kick us off. Okay, so hi, my name is Katia. Um, to be formal, my full name is Katia Correal Mansa. I go to June Jordan School for Equity. It's a very small school here in SF. Um, I'm a senior, as hopefully you know. And some things that I do outside of school are just being super creative. Um, I, I'm in a mariachi, so I sing, I play the violin. I also like to do poetry, um, anything creative, whether that's painting or just creatively writing. I love to use my creative skills. That's really cool. Thank you, you. play the violin, right, for the mariachi? Yeah. Yes, Maria Nueva Esperanza. With Corona, everything has been weird. We used to do like weekly practices, but then it just wasn't that safe. So I stopped practicing like in a group, but I definitely still practice singing. I don't perform anywhere, but it's still in my blood, you know? Uh huh. How long have you been in the band? Um, Since sixth grade. Oh, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so can you tell me a little bit about your experience with school, um, maybe from like the beginning until now? Okay. Um, so I went to many different preschools around the city. Um, I guess I've always just moved around a lot in my childhood. I went to Sunnyside, which is a small elementary school. And then after my kindergarten, I went to another school called Monterre, which is in Danville. But it's always been interesting because I started kindergarten knowing no English. So I was definitely, you know, immersed into a whole different environment compared to my preschools where you know, I would eat the same food that I would eat at home because it was very Latino and speak the same language. And then going into kindergarten, it was definitely different. But I guess I just had a lot of support because I learned English well. Maybe you can tell. (laughs) And um, afterwards, I came back 
my fifth grade year. So it was a lot of moving, but after fifth grade, I just stayed in San Francisco. Um, I've always loved school, like just being able to get out of my house, whether it was like I was in a toxic place or just bored at home. You know, I've had different reasons why I wanted to leave my house, but school was always that place. And when I came to June Jordan, everything kind of shifted because school became something that I could take outside of the classroom. So I started doing a lot of community outreach and just bringing the knowledge that I learned in class outside, which is when education for me became this huge passion of mine. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Thank you. Um, Can you tell me a little bit more about June Jordan's mission? I know you mentioned that they're an equity school. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yes. So June Jordan is a small school for equity. So small schools for equity is a coalition of schools that are small on purpose. So my graduating class is going to be 45 kids, which is crazy to some people. They're like, what? Like I graduated with hundreds but it's really about giving the individual student the support that they need while also giving them an education that talks about equity. We learn about oppression. We learn about white supremacy. We learn about the real history. We learn about just all these different things that most schools ignore. And that's definitely why I would say I'm the activist I am today because I've been able to go to class and learn about things that impact me outside of it. Gentrification, immigration stuff, just definitely a school that gives you the tools you need to help your community. Yeah, that's amazing. I wish more schools implemented that into their curriculum as well so that we can have more activists like you. Oh my God, yes. That would be a dream to have a lot of schools teaching the same stuff. Mm -hmm. But thank you. Definitely. (laughs) Definitely something to work towards. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, So can you tell me a little bit about the support you had applying to college? Mm. So applying to college is very weird because, you know, I was not in a classroom. So I'm the type of person I really I'm a really bad procrastinator, like just terrible. But when I was at school, I could stay at school and like the after school program, stay in one room and just like knock it out and then I'll be good. But being in quarantine, I didn't have that space. I was always like pushing it to the side. But I'm I decided to reach out to my mentor. Her name is Miss Kavanaugh, and she is a teacher whose room I would always stay at after school. And I was like, hey, so. I have these rough drafts and um, I was hoping that you could help me out. So my process with applying started earlier, I would say, because I was trying to apply to QuestBridge. So I'm not sure if anyone or you are familiar with that, but their applications are like due in September. So I was really lucky where even though I was procrastinating for that, I was not procrastinating for the bigger stuff because I did not get into QuestBridge. the supports that I got were definitely from SMART, um, definitely Miss Kavanaugh helping me, saying maybe you should try this, you know, I think you should revise this, but also SMART and just showing me what the path was going to look like. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit more about what SMART is? So I don't know what it stands for, unfortunately. Um, I don't know the full acronym but SMART is a 
amazing program. I'm going to hype it up. Definitely an amazing program that gives first generation students the ability to have college readiness workshops weekly. And they follow you all the way until you're a senior applying to college. So I personally did not join my fourth grade year. I definitely joined in later in ninth grade, which I'm very thankful for. And they would have different workshops like what are SMART goals? What are What is financial aid? What can you expect out of this? Career fairs, networking. It's definitely an amazing program that allows you to expand your horizons. I love that. Um, what impact did SMART have on your perceptions of college? I would definitely say it impacted me to think big. Um, SMART has this amazing resource that they bring you and they get you all on a bus and they bring you to LA and they're like, this is what college will look like over here. And these are these amazing campuses. And I definitely can't say I would have like that aspiration to think big without SMART. Um, Being able to, you know, leave home was never something that my family encouraged. It's something that they're still hesitant on actually like because I'm moving so far away but experiences like that taught me that I don't have to just stay within like the Bay Area I can go anywhere because it's really like the world's our oasis and I would say that's just one of the ways smart impacted me yeah that's amazing um do you have any fun memories from the college tours let me think um I definitely have a favorite memory and that's when we went to University of San Diego I just I'm not sure if you were there but we went to an ethnic studies professor's class and we just talked about like all these amazing things and I remember sitting there like after a hot day just like walking around all day and listening to this professor speak I was like oh my god that is, this is everything I want from college. I want a professor that can connect to me, connect can connect my community into the classroom. Because I personally thought before, before that, that after I left in Jordan, I wasn't going to be able to have that anymore. And that definitely inspired me. I remember writing in my journal on the way, on the bus, and be like, oh my God, like, blah, 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 blah. Like, this is inspiring me to do this, do that. So that's definitely my favorite memory. I love that. Yeah, I wasn't on that trip. I think that was the one that I missed okay. out on. Yeah, really bummed about that. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about the support that SMART gave you when you were actually applying to college? Like, mm-hmm. how did they support you on that front? Yes, so SMART was definitely like the backbone or my backbone. I don't even know if that's the correct term to use this. But SMART and Josephine, who is my senior advisor, she was always there. And she, like, I had a lot of one-on-ones with her where I was like, can you please look over my application? Can you please look over my essays? I personally wanted a lot of help on essays specifically. Um, For me, the application process itself was pretty straightforward since I did it for other scholarships. But the essays and just like 
expanding on what I was trying to get at was the biggest support I got from Smart and Josephine specifically. They helped me out so much on financial aid though. Like that is something I was clueless on. And even though my older sister who went to college had done the process, it felt super different because I was doing things like the CSS profile, which she hadn't had to do. And I just remember like asking her, what's a non-custodial parental waiver, which is something that you had to fill out separately when you don't have a parent to. All these questions that I would have been lost. And I got that support from many different people in SMART, especially like emotional support. Like sometimes I'd be like, I can't talk or I don't wanna think about all this application stuff. And they would support me like emotionally. So it's definitely like, a program that helps you like in the process with applications but also the emotional process where you're like I feel beat up I can't do this anymore they will help you with that yeah um you mentioned Josephine and I'm just curious if there's any other staff member that had an impact on you or inspired you to do the things that you're doing now I I felt inspired by each one of them in their own way I definitely, like, I can't pick one. I feel like they might listen to this and be like, damn. But I'm going to just say, like, the. I'm going to just say everything for everyone, a small something for everyone. Jason was my advisor. I had him for many years, like two or three years. I can't even remember. But Jason would always, like, encourage me. He'd be like, you were doing this in the beginning of the year. Look at what you're doing now. He definitely showed me my accomplishments when I wouldn't see them for myself. Josephine helped me out so much. Like she has so much knowledge on the application process in college in general. And she was definitely my go-to person during this whole senior season. Alberto, like I love Alberto so much. He's so fun and he's so like, during the student advisory board, uh, we would be chopping it up because he's so relatable and I love his energy. And those are like just some of the staff members that I love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely agree with all of them. Um, you mentioned the student advisory board. Can you tell me a little bit more about the work you did there? Yeah, so you were on it. So you know what I'm talking about. But on the student advisory board, we planned for an annual first generation conference so this conference included panels and it was for teachers in private schools teachers who teach first generation students and providing providing them with knowledge like this is what first generation students need like to the point and we would have so many different workshops and i personally facilitated the panel so that's what i know more about but it's just an amazing opportunity to talk about your experiences to someone that can help other people. So maybe you had a negative experience where you didn't feel supported. You could talk about that and these teachers are gonna make sure they don't do the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, is there anything else you would like to share about your SMART experience? I would just say that SMART definitely was an oasis for me. Um, I personally, the day the days I went were Wednesday. Um, so I would go downtown every Wednesday. I remember sometimes I would have my friends drop me off. And 
just being able to be in a totally different environment. Like I said, environment is super important for me because if I'm not in the right one, I just won't do the work. Being able to do homework, I didn't always have homework. So being able to think about internships or think about different resources, apply to things or learn about scholarships that I wanted to apply to, it just was a perfect environment for me. That's definitely different now with like coronavirus, but even still then, I would say I've gotten more support now, my senior year than I did the rest of the years, which is crazy considering like how much support I got all those other years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think support and mentorship are two really big things about SMART. Yes, for sure. Great. Um, So let's move on to another big support system in your life. Okay. (laughs) Um, So you're a Posse Scholar and that's you're going to Boston University. Yes. Can you tell me about what your experience with Posse has been like so far? Sure. So I was nominated to be a potential Posse Scholar by one of my favorite internships of all time, which was UCSF specifically the San Francisco health investigators. And that's a different topic of how much I love UCSF. But at first, like I had heard about Posse, Jason had brought it up to me and I never really felt like it was for me. Like I didn't really get what the mission was. I didn't really understand the supports that they had. But after being on different meetings with people who are like, you should definitely just like put your foot in the game and see what happens. I was like, you know what? Yeah, like what it, what is there to miss out on? And then I after I was in these interviews, like literally the first interview, they showed this one video that made me cry. Like it made me like literally turn off my camera when I wasn't supposed to turn them off and cry because I was so inspired. And that's when I was like, okay, maybe? maybe I see myself being a posse scholar. Like, I just remembered the exact moment. I was like, okay, like that, I'm just doing it to see turned into like, I'm going to get this scholarship. And after that, I had maybe two more like interviews. So there was another one that was one-on-one and then two that were like with the whole community or with the whole selection of students. And that's what really stuck out to me because it's definitely big on community, which is what I'm big on. So after that, I really just started to put my full attention to spot to posse, you know, I, I researched it, I watched YouTube videos, Um, I talked to different people who have connections. And I really think that the support from smart helped me with this posse. Um, scholarship i definitely got so much support from smart i got support from people who really know the ins and outs of posse so i really could give it to smart for this scholarship that i got that's amazing yeah (laughs) um can you give us a little run through of what the application process with posse was like yeah so um It's really funny because I remember it was like a family meeting and it was like, okay, um, you now know what school you're going to apply to, you know, introducing Posse to the family in general. And they were like, okay, have your essays ready by like two weeks. 
And I was like, whoa, if I didn't have my essay, I would be freaking out right now. Like, <laughs> it, it just felt very, like, scary. But I felt okay knowing that I already had my perfect essay. So after that, they scheduled um, an, a one-on-one with a trainer. So I personally got um, Izzy. Um, she helped me out with like overlooking my essay. She like helped me with the writing with the activities portion of the Common App. But it was definitely like still individually, you had to be doing the work. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I press submit. I remember doing a prayer beforehand, pressing submit. And Posse, um, the main thing is that interview process is for them to get to know you so that when they're in this room where there's 20 applicants, but only 10 can get can get the um, scholarship, they get to hype you up. They get to be like, okay, but Katia told me this. Like, this is the background I know about Katia. And I definitely think that support that's behind the scenes that I don't know about is what helped me as well. Mm-hmm. Wow, I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, there's also a commitment aspect to Posse, right? Yes. Can you tell me how you felt about it? Yeah, so like like I was saying, the first interview was definitely like just for people to move along the process. But after the second interview, you had to rank your choice in schools. So Posse is partnered with different schools like Puget Sound, Lehigh, St. Olaf. Those are the other three that you had to rank. So after you rank those, Posse would decide which one you were going to apply to. And after that, like, there's no turning back. Like, the commitment is kind of like a blind one, which is definitely scary. But after that, like, if you were feeling like you didn't want to go to any of those schools, like, it's definitely hard for you because you might just end up having to go to that one. So it's definitely a process where they get to sniff you out they sniff you out. They're like, nah, this person only wants to go to one of those schools. Like, we need a person who's ready and down to go to all of them. I think that's a part of their interview process. Like, they were like, why did you rank this one your top choice? And they really want to see why you want to go to these schools because afterwards, they're going to make this decision for you. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't apply to Posse because I was afraid of that aspect of yes. it. Yeah. <laughs> I was one of those people that only wanted to go to one of the schools. I'm going to be honest. Like, I can say it now. But I definitely had my eyes set on Boston University. And the reason being because I did my research. I definitely um, talked it up in my interview. But I got very lucky that that's the one they placed me at. Yeah. (laughs) Um, We'll talk about Boston in a little bit. But I wanted to ask you about what support Posse was going to offer you once you're actually over there. Oh, okay. Um, so right now, as we speak, every week I'm having these workshops or these meetings called pre-collegiate trainings. So right now, you know, we just kind of started in February. We're doing a lot of community work and we're doing a lot of building team team building um bridges with each other like all the other posse scholars but even when we're creating community we're talking about things that are going to impact us when we're in college 
So last week we talked about identity, not just your race or ethnicity, but all of them, spirituality, religion, um, sex, sexuality, or all these other things that we had to kind of discuss. We didn't go into like what we identified as, but we opened that conversation for how do these things impact us in the in outside world. So Posse does this support before you go to college where it's gonna they're gonna ask you and they're gonna encourage you to do critical thinking about your identity and what that's gonna mean going into a predominantly white institution or a predominantly white system where a lot of people who are in higher education don't really look like us is definitely asking those questions and also asking how you can overcome the challenges that are going to happen but it's not like they're telling you it's it's an interesting way they make you think of it on your own yeah that's amazing mm-hmm. is there anything else you would like to mention about posse maybe something that you're excited about yeah so something i'm really excited about is the way that posse helps you outside of college so yeah um Let's say I'm done with Boston, I got my diploma, and now I'm thinking about next steps. Posse has partnerships with other schools that can connect you to like PhD, your master's diploma, like all these different things, ways and job opportunities. You get this little like, it kind of looks like school loop or something like that where you log in and you can see internships available just for Posse scholars because Posse is like very a national scholarship. So people know about Posse. And when they know that you're a Posse scholar, they already know that you went through this whole process. They already know that you that you are like one of one of the best, or I wouldn't hype myself up that much, but definitely you get this like prestige where different schools are very interested in you being this different opportunities are looking for posse scholars so that's something i'm excited for too yeah that's amazing also maybe you won't hype yourself up that much but i definitely will (laughs) thank you you. that's so sweet (laughs) yeah um let's move on to boston university now it's been coming up a lot in the conversation what stood out to you about boston university i would definitely say that initially it was the surface level things. So initially, the things that caught my eye were the fact that it's a big school, was the fact that it's in a city, and was the fact that it was on a whole different place in the country, like on the up opposite sides. Those were the things that reeled me in. I Coming from Jean Jordan, I love going to a small school, but I knew that I wanted to experience that big school vibe, like at least one at least at one point of my life, I wanted to experience like being able to meet someone new every day. And that's what initially caught my attention. But after doing research and having to find the real reasons why I would go to this school, it ended up becoming like the different opportunities that they had. I personally am interested in going to psychology and they're ranked like on one of the best programs I also really got interested in this one center that they have of research that's called the Center of Anti-Racist Research. So I was like, hold on, they're putting money into research that stops 
systematic oppression like that was something that was like that shows a lot about what this institution is about and after doing research i found out that martin luther king jr went there that aoc went there i was like okay so it seems like all these different things like really look like what i'm looking for not only the surface level things that people usually don't get like people usually are like you're just being picky or whatever but also what it kind of stood for and that's when i was like okay this is definitely a school i want to go to after researching after learning about like i'm the type of person i dive deep so i tell i i can tell you i have an excel sheet of classes that i'm like interested in like they include things like the mayan civilization and all these different things that i was like okay this sounds like a perfect fit for me <laughs> yeah it definitely sounds like you found the perfect school for you yeah. Thank you. Yes, I, I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. And that's crazy because I never got to step foot on the campus. But that website became my best friend for some point. I was just doing so much research. <laughs> yeah. Um. So how about we get a different perspective now? So you, you've been talking a lot about what you're excited for. Um. Is there anything that you are mm-hmm. nervous or scared about? Yes. So I'm not going to lie. When I tell people hey like oh i'm going to be you they'll be like congratulations and then they'll be like but what about this what about that and they bring up like these very valid concerns like i know people who know people that have been to be you and they tell me about how predominantly white the institution is and they tell me about how Boston is and they tell me about some concerns about racism about all these things that are definitely terrifying I mean I'm not gonna lie but I guess because I've had experience with racism because I've lived in a city or in a town where I was like one of the only Latinas I definitely think that I can use my past experiences to create change in whatever way that looks like. Whether that's a small way or a big way, we won't know until we see the future. But I definitely am not someone that's going to sit back and let someone be discriminatory, sexist, homophobic. That's just not what I'm about. And I have all these skills that equip me to know how to react or how to respond to people like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm really excited for when you like step on campus and like revolutionize everything. Do you have any plans for that? I I don't have any plans for that. I just, I plan on connecting with the community that's strong there. Like while people are telling me like, beware, they're also telling me, oh, I know this person that that's great there. I know this activist that's great there. Um, One of my favorite teachers, he told me like, wait, you're going to be you? He's like, my cousin is a professor there and her husband is the head of this department. So I was like, okay, so it's good to know that I have people who are down with it, who are people who I would interact with here over there and just different people connecting me to Boston natives, to people that are in the school already. It's just very exciting for me. (laughs) Yeah, I bet. I know exactly how you're feeling right now. Um, is there anything that you're going to miss from home or wish you could bring with you to Boston? Yeah, I, I'm definitely going to miss a lot of things. So for the listeners, right, like I'm 
going as far away as possible as I ever could. Like, I'm not just going to the middle of the country. I'm going on the opposite end. And that means that for one, like my material belongings, I'm definitely going to have to purge some things. Not good. I'm not going to be able to bring everything I love. But on a more intimate level, like I'm going to miss my family. In the beginning of this podcast, I said, my family definitely wanted me to stay close. And that was not something that it was just one-sided. Like, I love my family. And if I could, I would stay close to them because I just feel like that's kind of what I need. So I'm going to miss my family. I'm going to miss watching my cousins grow up. I have two baby cousins in this house right now. I'm going to miss being able to see them every night. I'm going to miss being able to eat my mom's cooking. Oh, I'm definitely going to miss that. I'm going to miss my siblings. I'm going to miss my community for sure. So many different dope people that I've met in this city. I'm going to miss my best friend. I'm going to miss so much, but I I distract myself by thinking about all the good things that I'm going to find over there. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, where did your sister go? So my older sister, Alondra, she went to UC Berkeley. Oh, okay. So- graduated from there in 2019 so right before the pandemic so I got to be there in the stadium not the stadium be there in like the huge gym and I got to cheer for her and it was an amazing moment because we're both first generation but she's like first 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 so just seeing her accomplish that knowing like the different challenges that she went through was a whole different moment that I will never forget. Yeah. And then someday that'll be you graduating from college. Yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I was just like, where did her sister go? Because um, she's going to Boston and like how far away is far away uh-huh. for her parents, you know? Yes, definitely. Like I'm going super far away. Mm-hmm. And my mom's actually pretty like chill with it. She's like, you're going to go where you want to go. But my other family, which includes my uncle, who basically, like, was a father figure, um, is like, oh, like, you're going to stay close, right? And I remember when I told him, he's like, I'm just glad that you got this scholarship and that you're going with people who you're meeting. Because that's another thing about Posse. Like, they're not just throwing you into a whole new environment. They're sending you with people who you've gotten a chance to bond with. So that's definitely what was like, okay. Yeah. That's great. They're sending you with your own little posse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm super excited to like meet them in person because I've just been talking to them like this, which is very different from in person. Yeah, definitely. Um, do you have any idea of what you want to do after college or like any goals that you've set for yourself? Um, honestly, like I really don't know where I'm going to end up just because I have so many different passions that can intersect, but not also like usually don't. So I feel like I can't tell you like, oh, I'm gonna be a doctor or or I'm gonna be a lawyer because I feel like my path is definitely not visible right now. I feel like I really have to be in that whole new environment, be in those classes, see what I like, see what I don't like. And then do networking i'm i'm that's what i love i love networking i've gotten a lot of 
amazing contacts or connections with people who inspire me and who make me feel like I can go into their field, like different mentors. So I can't say because I don't know, but I hope that I pursue an even higher education than just my bachelor's. I definitely want to get my master's or whatever other higher, higher, higher education diploma I can get. Mm -hmm. The highest I can get. <laughs> yeah, you got to aim high. Uh-huh, exactly. Yeah. Um, can you tell me a little bit about why you're pursuing higher education or maybe like why do you want to go to college? I want to go to college because I've always loved learning. So like beyond all the other stuff, like, oh, I want to get a good job. Like, I really love learning. And the reason why I love learning is because I know how to take what I'm learning in the classroom and bring it, bring it outside of it. I've seen my knowledge and my different skills play out in the real world. And that has inspired me and that has boosted my confidence in a way that nothing else ever could. And it all comes from my education. Like it comes from being able to write a essay on gentrification and then present it to my school. It comes from learning about my ancestors history and then applying it to my everyday life of being like, I got ancestors on my shoulders. I got ancestors protecting me. So I feel like that's the reason why I wanna to go to college because college, you get to choose what you wanna learn. And that's something that's really like crazy to me because I'm gonna be able to be like, I wanna take this class. I don't wanna take this class. I wanna major in this. All of that is what excites me. But on a bigger level, I definitely am doing it because I want my family and I want everyone in my family who wants to pursue things like this to believe that they can do it. Because I definitely wouldn't believe I could do it if I didn't have my sister do it. And for me to see her overcome everything. So it's definitely individually I want to do it for that reason. But in like a family way, I want to do it because I know that it can impact future generations mm -hmm. yeah that's amazing um can you give me like three words that best describe what college means to you okay i would say community adventure and i have like a two word expanding horizons so i would say community adventure and expanding horizons even though that's four words that's perfect thank you yeah i think those are four really good words that encompass what college is yeah thank you yeah um is there anything that you would like to say to those who have supported you on your journey to college there's so much that i would like to say like I think that the reason why I'm able to have gotten this scholarship is all from other people supporting me. And I'm really lucky where I have a great support system. Like so many of the people that I know have supported me in, in small and big ways, whether it's just believing in me before I could believe in myself or providing me with like resources and different supports that I could use. I just, I would just definitely say thank you. I can't go into depth because I could talk about everything for way too long, but 
I'm definitely going to be writing a lot of letters when I graduate because even though it's my achievement, I definitely can't take that diploma without thanking the people who let me take that diploma, if that makes sense. Yeah, it totally does. Um, And you have a poem that you wrote and that you wanted to share with us today, right? Yes, I do. (laughs) Before we listen to it, could you tell us a little bit more about it? Maybe what it means to you or what inspired you to write it? Yeah, so my poem is called No Para Mi, Para Nosotros. And it's definitely, it was inspired very weirdly. Like I was just listening to a song and I started imagining things. I started picturing my future and I started picturing my family's future and everything like that, if that makes sense. I'm way better at expressing myself written in words, but I was just listening to a song um, that I heard from Euphoria. So I don't know if you know that show, but it's called Work. And just the title itself, I was thinking about working and what it means for different communities. Sometimes it means going out, out into a field. Sometimes it means getting like a super high elite job. And I was really thinking about that. And somehow that ended up in me writing about this connection between being first-gen American and first-gen, like, college student. So when you hear the poem, it'll make more sense, but that's my inspiration. I was definitely inspired by my family, by my tios, my tias, my ancestors, my cousins, my nephews. You'll see. All right, Katia, thank you so much for being here today. I really love listening to your story, and I really appreciate you being here and for being the first guest on the podcast. Thank you. I really appreciate being on here. I listen to podcasts, um, and I really appreciated having the space to share my story. It's not something I get to do very often, so when I do do it, I'm super appreciative. So I'm really thankful for being here. Now, here's Katia reciting her poem, No Para Mi, Para Nosotros. Is it that I am lucky or blessed? First-gen American citizen, first-gen graduate. Two titles that hold so much value. Six words that don't do it justice. First-gen American citizen, the doors open more quickly for me than my family. But first-gen on the college campus, the doors are shut with chains that look like imposter syndrome, debt, and cultural shock. The two terms that have an empowering feel, but knowing that as I cross the country for the next four years, they all can't come on a plane to see me graduate. You see, it's illegal for them to breathe air in this country, but they built it. Through the CO2, they exhale while they huff and puff for a ruling class and for bosses they couldn't recognize on the street even if they saw them. Being first gen, every door you open and path you cross is not just for you. There's a legacy behind you. Ancestors, tios, tias, nieces, nephews, cousins, familia, 
telling me, Tú me inspiras. Tú vas a hacer cosas muy grandes. But what about the way they inspire me? The huge things they've accomplished. Crossing borders, crossing barriers, pushing boundaries, pushing me. Nah, I'm not lucky nor blessed. I'm loved by my family and I know it through the sacrifices they did to get me here. Tears that stung are now tears of joy. Two pieces of paper that we hold on to saying, we are worthy. Here's a trick though. We never needed them. We never cared about the paper, but somehow they still mean much more to us than they ever will to you. No para mi, pero para nosotros. Not for me, but for us. Thank you.